Go live in three seconds. Okay. Three, I don't... two, one. And we will be live in a few seconds. I'm going to hop off, guys. That's it? Jacob, it was nice to meet you. You too, Ryan. So, Ryan, you the man. Thank you. Yep. Well, shit. Well, shit. Sorry, guys. First, pod- I- First podcast, huh? Yeah. Yeah, uh, 109 podcasts in, and I haven't figured it out. You know what it is? Is Ryan? Ryan? Ryan's like a like a CrossFitter. Like he puts working out before everything. So today he's like, "Hey, I'm working out." I'm like, "Okay," or he's coaching. Maybe he's coaching. That's all CrossFitters do: coach and work out, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. So I'm like, "Hey, no, no worries. I got this shit." But I didn't. I don't see the live stream, so I can't see the comments, and that's half the fun reading the nasty comments. Um, oh, you have comments on this thing at the same time. Oh, wonderful. Yeah, it's great. It's so great. Videos. Shit. Ryan, what's up? How come I can't see the video? I don't think we're actually live. How would we know if we're live? How would someone tell us if we're live or not? Because I don't see it in my playlist. Can you check? Can you check, Ryan? I think I'm seeing the same thing as you. I just uh, messaged Ryan. Let me see live. Uh, what well, it says we're live. Let me click it. I see. I I I see something. There we are. Bam. We're live. I love it. He wasn't fucking around. But I don't think anyone can respond. Oh, it's unlisted. Tell Brian. Tell Ryan. It's unlisted. <laughs> no fucking wonder. I swear to God, we're. How'd close. you even find it? I went to like the, the somewhere in the back, somewhere in the back. <laughs> Let me see. Unlisted public. I'll make it public. Publish. Bam. Okay. There we go. Jacob Hebner, hi. Hey, Savon. What's going on, dude? We're 17 minutes late. Hey, better late than never. Does that, uh, does any part of you are like, yeah, what a shit show. This is a joke. These guys don't respect my time. No, you wouldn't be, you wouldn't be the four, first, nor would you be the last to have technical issues for a podcast. Thank believe you. me. Yeah. There's if a, I could help, I would, but I have no idea how to do it. Thank you. The, I would be so furious if I was someone of your caliber and I came onto a podcast and they didn't have their shit together. <laughs> but. Nah, you, you, uh, there has been worse podcasts where it wasn't technology but it was the people asking questions were just, uh, just bad. So like, what color? Only, what, what color are your eyes, Jacob? Uh, blue green, man. What kind of car do you drive, Jacob? Uh, I'm sponsored by a CrossFit game, so I drive a Dodge Ram, man. It's a Dodge, but it's old. What I, kind I of no dog name. do you have, Jacob? Oh my gosh, a corgi. I'm trying to do a bad interview. <laughs> on your on your Instagram, it says, yes, Lizzie, we got it sorted. Thank you. On your Instagram, it says, live your life in such a manner that if somebody talked poorly about you, nobody would believe it. That's me paraphrasing. I didn't write it down exactly. Let me read it one more time. Live your yeah, life yeah. in such a manner that if somebody talked poorly about you, nobody would believe it. And when I saw that, it reminded me of um, 2010 or whenever I first met Rich Froning and I, I went out to Cookville and I hung out with him for like a week or two. And I remember thinking to myself, telling my wife, if this guy walked out of a fucking brothel, everyone would think he was there saving people. Like that's how shit doesn't stick to him. Whereas like 99.9% of all of other men, if they walked out of a brothel, would be like, damn, 
Homie got busted. He got caught. Are you saying that because right now I'm sitting in a uh, adult parking lot <laughs> getting good service? <laughs> I didn't are, you, even... are you trying to make stuff stick someone because I have crappy service in Kansas? I didn't even think of that. So the backstory, guys, is is um, Jacob goes, hey, I'm getting, I'm going to do this podcast on my cell phone. I'm like, no, please use your computer. He's like, no, nah, don't worry. I got this. He goes, I'm going to drive to a spot right next to a cell tower. I'm like, oh, man. <laughs> and then Brian asked him, where is he? And he goes, there's a strip club in town. And it has this, every time he drove by it, he noticed he had great cell service which is not what i noticed when i drive by a strip club but anyway and uh so now he's parked in the parking lot hey when you're parked there do you see people coming in and out i bet you people think like you're a cop it's two o'clock in the afternoon yeah that's when all <laughs> the best clients there, go there is no it's actually a parking lot with like uh, uh a country bar a cb store an adult club it's got a couple different and, and an auto shop Please tell me, please tell me a cigarettes for less too. No, just a big, a big CBD store, and they actually grow hemp in the field next to it. So, oh, farm, farm to table. Are you seriously? You're just looking at a hemp field? Yeah, Kansas, uh, Kansas allows hemp fields if it's uh, um, for research. Yeah, and and it's it's like hemp. It's not like mar- it's not like marijuana with like THC. It's like for yeah. making. Um, textiles or whatever oh cbd right yeah so if it's less if it's less than uh 0.2 thc you can consider it hemp it's it's the same it's the same plant but it's just less than thc and can you smell it when you drive by does it just smell like crazy you know i haven't i haven't driven over and smelled it if i'm being quite frank with you i haven't it's like it's like 100 yards now i can see it but i've never really i know that hemp gives off a weird uh smell for sure but i haven't smelled it myself i've never actually driven over there i have one plant in my backyard it's probably six and a half feet tall with like a circumference of i don't know 10 feet 15 feet it's massive it's like a christmas tree and it's got just huge i don't know if you're familiar with the plant but it has these huge giant like colas on it where like all the flowers are waiting to be um fertilized so they can make Mm -hmm. seeds and if there's no male plant around they don't do that but man my whole yard uh, smells like some skunky champagne. It's kind of, it's crazy. It's really cool. So we actually, two years ago, my wife and I put in some research, uh, cause Kansas state of Kansas allows you to grow hemp on your property for research purposes. And so we thought, man, like currently in our space, like there's no company that takes raw products from an athlete and makes like Nike's not buying rubber from Matt Frazier and then making the Matt Frazier shoe. I was like, man, we should grow hemp on our property, sell it back to a company I work with and then make a product saying, Hey, it's from my property. But the, the process to get approved to grow hemp is just huge. And and then COVID hit and then everyone stopped working. (laughs) So we never did it. Yeah. Why would, why would you work when you get a fat check in the mail? Yeah. Everyone was like, "Eh, I'm going home. I'm not working anymore. And then we never got it approved. So. Um, before I want to, I want to dig back to like when you were born, Mm. but, but before we do that, um, the, 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 the coolest thing I've seen on your Instagram as I dug through the whole thing today is your barn. That thing is dope. So tell me you and your wife live on how many acres? Why did you build that barn? And you claim there's a foundation, but when I look at the pictures, it just looks like wood on the ground. Yeah. So, um, we bought the property came for sale during the rogue invitational during COVID and it was 50 acres of land. We bought it in four days. Uh, it had a really 
uh, old farmhouse on it. It's like two bedroom, one bath, right in the middle of the house, you know, old farmhouse. And I mean, so right in the bought, middle of the property, like. No, right so in, the, 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 the house is next to the, next to the road, but like it's an old farmhouse where, you know, like all the bedrooms surround a bathroom in the middle, like oh, really okay. weirdly I, built. I, I don't know, but okay. Yeah. And so we bought it, we renovated that house. We live in that now. It's a really small farmhouse. And, uh, then we built 50 by 70. Uh, it's a wood structure insulated, um, 50 by 70 with concrete pads in the front and the back, but yeah, it has a foundation. It's not dirt. <laughs> okay. And work very well. Yeah. It, it, it was tripped me out. And, um, is your home on that property too? No. Uh, so it will be, um, the, the idea of buying the property was I'm going to die on this property. Um, and so she, my wife's already um, getting the house plans together, working with the company, get the house plans, and it's going to be built the back of the property. Uh, so we'll have, when that's done, I think not this October, but next October, it'll be finished. So October, 2022, we'll have the barn, the house we'll live in. And then I'll have that separate house on our property that we currently live in, the two bedroom house that I can use for athletes to come train for an extended period of time, do it for camps and seminars, Airbnb it. Cause we're like, we're like 10 minutes away from the Kansas city speedway. So we're really close to a lot of, a lot of attractions around here. Um, attractions in Kansas. Yeah. Um, so people who aren't from the United States who don't, um, know Kansas is, um, where the wizard of Oz took place. It's kind of a, I don't really know how to, how to describe it, but on one coast of our country, we have California and on the other coast, we have New York and then we have Florida down in the South and Texas. And those are the four States. And then all the other States are just like, Fictionary, pl- fiction, <laughs> fiction areas, but fictionary, fi- what, what's the fictional. word? Yeah. Fictional. Fictional. Thank you. Thank you. Fiction, fictionary. It's like fiction, <laughs> p- p- fictionary is a game. <laughs> it's a fictionary place. And um, Kansas is one of the most iconic fictional places. And so it is a little hard to believe. It's, it's, um, it's just a trip. It's a trip that someone lives there. But um, anyone you meet from these places are usually nicer than the places that I mentioned. They live good lifestyles. They are kinder people. They say hi to strangers. They hold doors open for women. They pull over on the side of the street if someone has a flat tire. It's a whole different life than 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 some of these other um, places with these um, hellions in it. Um, so you are you born in Kansas, Jacob? I'm actually born from California. Wow. Old California. Uh, born in San Joaquin Valley, Merced, California. Right oh smack dab in the middle. <clears throat> yep. And how do you end up in Kansas? Well, because California sucks as a state. That's why. Yeah. Um, I was. We lived out there for about 16 years of my life. We lived in an ag area, agricultural area. So it wasn't too different from this, you know. Most people, obviously, when they think of California, think I go uh, surfing with Brad Pitt every morning. But we lived in an ag area, right? Um lived in a bunch of uh, fruit vineyards or fruit orchards. And uh, we moved out here during the, I moved out with my parents in the middle of high school. I mean, the state's just, California's just too expensive. Taxes too high. You can't afford to live there. Um, And so we moved out here and life's just slower. Like you mentioned, life's slower, life's nicer. I I don't want to tell many people that because I want them to stay in California. I want to keep my lifestyle out here. It's kind of like the whole Texas concept where everyone moves out of California and goes to Texas and tries to change it. I don't want that. I want my state to stay the same. Are people moving there? I think so. I mean, I think a lot of people are leaving California because of, you know, just whatever bad situations and moving to Texas and then taking their, their political or uh, beliefs systems along with them and turning it back into California again, I feel like. 
Um, so, so people know where Merced is. Um, when he said it's an ag area, it's um, that the whole center of California is a, a monster ag area. Some people claim it's the biggest um, mm-hmm. agricultural area in the world. It's about ninety miles east of San Francisco, ninety miles south of Stockton, California, the home of the great Nick and Nate Diaz. <laughs> Um, so you moved there when you're 16. What, what, a what a change. Were you hesitant to move there? Were you like, you didn't want to leave high school? Yeah. You know, um, Oh, Kansas footloose footloose. When you think of the movie footloose, that's Kansas. <laughs> okay. Sorry. Go ahead, Jacob. It's a, it's a flyover state, man. Right smack down the middle. Everyone flies over. Um, yeah, I wasn't too hesitant. I'm, I'm pretty extroverted. So I made some friends pretty quick. It was an opportunity to make new friends and, um, I don't know. I wouldn't change it for the world. It was the best decision my parents ever made to come on out here. I mean, was able to meet my wife out here, find a job, find CrossFit out here. I mean, wouldn't change it for the world. Moving have out you here. been, have you been back to California um, since you left? Yeah, I have. A, uh, so I had a majority for a while. I had a majority of my, uh, my side, of, both sides of my family were still in California. So we'd go back for family events or meeting friends or weddings or whatever the case may, or the games for that matter. Um, but other than that, I, I don't go back often. And your wife is a um, native to Kansas? Correct. She's actually a Missourian. She's from Missouri. She's is a her, native from Missouri. Is her family cool as shit? They're ranchers. And yes, they are. Yeah, he's a rancher. He owns a lot of land. He ranches and he farms. That's what he and, does. And how did you meet her? In college. Met her in college. I was in the friend zone for four years. I was her quote unquote pretty much her gay friend <laughs> that wasn't gay but still that's what she pretty referred to me as so wow so four years i had to court my wife for five years did you and and um so you had to sit through like other boyfriends and shit like that too oh yeah, oh, yeah. i did all that shit it's the it's the worst Savon. it's the absolute worst and did she know yeah of course she knew she knew we actually like Oh, you're making I mean, me not believe my wife. I'm starting to think like my, my wife like claims like she didn't know for the first four years, I think. <laughs> no, she knew. I mean, I tried like she would write let me. So she uh, studied abroad in London. She studied fashion buying over in London for a whole year. And we wrote letters back and forth, old school style. None of this emails like handwritten letters when she still had a boyfriend. So <laughs> and, and and so uh, and did she have the same boyfriend during that whole four years? No, she had, I think she had different boyfriends. I don't keep track of them. I don't want to yeah. make her feel bad. Yeah. My, my group, my wife had the same boyfriend and I thought there was no chance. I thought they were getting married and all that shit. And I was Siobhan like, just slid into her DMs. I tried. Well, it was before the DMs. There wasn't even cell phones then, but I, 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 I really, really was pursuing her. And I, and you know, a few times she had to give me the Heisman and be like, yo, I got a boyfriend. Like I would never, ever like, like get back boy. Like, hey, the, be- the best things in life are worth waiting for or stalking for that matter, I guess. And, and, and how old are you? Uh, 31. And you met her when you were 20, 20, 19 or 20, I think. So when people ask, sure. so when people ask you how long you guys have been going out, what do you say? Uh, we've been married for seven years as of like last week. So we started dating. As soon as we started dating, we got, we got engaged pretty quickly because I knew what I wanted, um, you know, and, or she did too, actually, she's, as soon as she decided to give in to dating me. Um, so we've probably been dating for probably, we probably dated for like a couple months before we got, before we got engaged. Uh, but do you tell people, like I tell people like, 
when people ask how long you've been with your wife, I say like from the first time I met her. You know what I mean? I, I count that five years of like the friend zone. I don't, but I usually oh. tell a really good, colorful story about how I was like a friend, a friend zone for four years. But I usually don't count that. Right. Okay. So that's you, your. I think you guys get married. Do you get married right after the fourteen games? Right before. Right before. Right before. Right before. So we got. My first year at regionals was 2013. I took 18th, you know, like, and then I'm training for a whole year. I'm not expecting to qualify, right, um, out of the North Central, right? That's Cal Casper Bowers region. And so Ooh. I'm not expecting to qualify. And uh, we had already planned our wedding, got engaged. We picked the date on July 19th of 2014. And then I go to the 2014 regionals in Navy Pier, Chicago, and took second behind Casper. I went Casper and me, and then – uh Oh gosh, what is his name? How was that that region? Not easy, Muhammad. Not easy, Muhammad. Um, I'll find it for you. I didn't matter. Anyways, it was um, Alex Alex Nettie. Hey, Alex Nettie, thank you, Alex. I feel bad now. Alex Nettie took third, and I remember they were like, "Hey, congratulations, you qualified to the 2014 CrossFit Games. What do you have to say for yourself?" And I'm like, "When is it?" And they're like, "You have to report on July 20th." And I'm like, "Oh, I get married." I looked at my wife and I'm like, "When do we get married?" And she's like, "The 19th." And I'm like, "There's your honeymoon for like the next four years of your life. Have fun." Oh, damn! So you literally got married the day before? Got married the day before. We got married. Went to a hotel right next to the airport. Woke up the next morning at zero five. Jumped in the plane, and I was at the games for the whole week. <laughs> How how is she with that? How is she with you? How was she with your um, CrossFit obsession? Um. Well, for the first couple of years of my life, or first couple of years of our marriage, I had a I had a full time job, so it wasn't like you could be as obsessed as you possibly could be with a full time job. And then that obviously changed when I decided to quit. But I mean, it's it's a part of us now, right? Like it's it defines our marriage. So when, when I decided to retire last year and decided not to compete anymore, that's a, that's a big, you know, like she's only ever known me doing this. So being able to say, Hey honey, I know that you define your husband as CrossFit, taking that out of your life to a degree in that competition is, is hard. So, um, but wait, no, she knew you before you did CrossFit. Yeah, she did. Um, but we, we started dating after I'd already found it. So, um, it's, it's since we started dating, it's been a part of our lives. Okay. So you're born in Merced, California, and do you have siblings? Hello? Hi, oh, Jacob. Can you hear me? Yep, yeah, I can sorry. hear you. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. Do you have siblings? I have two. I have a sister who's a year younger than me, and then I have a sister who is like 16 years younger than me. Oh, wow. Yeah. Not playing. Not oh, playing. So she wasn't – She was, are, are any of you guys adopted? No, no. So your parents, no. your parents did it to make all of you. <laughs> yeah, correct. Yeah, that's correct. They, they did it willingly or not unknowingly or knowingly. That's how they created all three of us. And so your, so your sister was born in Kansas. My sister was actually born in California. And uh, then we moved out almost immediately within like a couple weeks to a month. To Kansas, but yeah, she's she's born in California, but she pretty much has resided her whole life in the Midwest. And um, when did you know? When did you know you were into sports? When did that happen? Was your were, did your parents get you involved right away as a young kid? Yeah, we got um, 
I, so I didn't get pushed in anything. So I like how you do your kids, right? Cause you don't push your boys into anything. Right. So you kind of let them make their own decisions. And that's I just, I just I, pay them. I just pay them a dollar per workout, but whatever details. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, uh, my parents did something similar, right? My father, uh, my father pole vaulted in college and my wow. mother was a long distance runner and I, I never pole vaulted. Uh, <laughs> I never did long distance running, but I wanted to do football. They let me do football, uh, American football. And so I played that throughout high school and college. Um, and that, that's all, pretty much the only sport I ever did. I tried baseball, but I hated it and I was terrible at it. So I quit. You, you look like a, a kind of like a baseball player. Yeah, that's insulting. That's insulting. Is it? Sorry, sorry. <laughs> I didn't mean it that way. And so when you say you played football in college, that sounds pretty hardcore. Yeah, it sounds pretty hardcore to you ask me how many games I started, and I'd say a big old fat goose egg. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> I was, uh, I was, let's see, how do I define this? What position? Way. I was a strong safety outside linebacker. Okay. Um, I definitely improved the team's GPA by quite a bit. Um, I tutored everyone on the team in mathematics, and I never started a single game. I was a special teams player. Wow. But I was, I was always in shape, always loved it. But never started. I wasn't very gotcha. good at it, but I loved um, it. <clears throat> some guy named DYL the Young says, so Jacob got them athletic genes. I don't believe in athletic genes. Do you? No, I mean, no, I think it's just something if, if you practice at an early age. I don't know. I'm reading this book, Bounce, and it's basically saying that the pro- the prodigy and talent does not exist. Of course, we're all born with different characteristics. But then even the people who say Mozart's a uh, prodigy, if you look back, um, he had three and a half thousand hours of practice by the time he was like seven years old or some crazy shit like that. A musical practice. I think it comes down to your parents, right? It's like, or, or you're just drive. Like I didn't have a drive when I was younger to learn music. Had I been, maybe I would be good at music. I don't know. Right. Um, and and the, and the, the, he in this book he kind of breaks society down into two two groups: people who do things, and when they start to fail, they avoid them. And people who do things because we all start to fail when we try new things. And people who start to fail when they do things and they're up for the challenge. They don't have this sort of their mind doesn't start making excuses like that's too hard or I'm not talented enough or I guess that's not me or I'm not the right body type. I mean, yeah, good examples, boxing, right? Like that was thrust, not thrust into my lap, but that was given an opportunity to me. And that's, I've never been in a, in a I've never done f- a fighting sport in my life. I did like a summer jujitsu many years ago, but like, it's not something that is me and it's been very difficult to learn, but it's been enjoyable to fail over and over and over again and learn as we go. I wonder if it's even harder. Not a, this is a lie. I know. Mm-hmm. It's harder for you to fail because you are so good at sports. Uh, you know, someone asked me that the other day. So no, I they into- didn't. That's the first time you've heard that question. That's a great <laughs> question. So I was actually in – so every week we usually go spar, right? And I was in a ring uh, the week before the games, and I was doing some sparring, some hard sparring. And uh, with a young kid who's been doing this forever, right? And uh, it, we traded blows back and forth. He was much younger than me. And someone at the end of like, it like seven, as, yeah, like six, <laughs> like six, but super fast hands. Josh and I were talking about this. I'm like, there is no age in boxing where you're like, oh, I can't get beat up by them. That is not, that is not true. He was probably like 16, 17. And when the end of it, someone asked me like, well, 
like, don't you have more pride than to go into that ring and get beat up by someone who's maybe half your age or whatever? And I was like, no, like I've done my time in a sport. I've been at the top tier of my sport for many years. Right. And now it's CrossFit is a super humbling sport, right? You're not going to be good at everything. Look at Frazier. He still failed at certain things. Look at Froney. He still failed at rope climbs, right? And missed out on one spot at the games and getting first. Like it's still a humbling sport. So taking that, being good at that and then going into a different sport and you realize like, I don't have to be the best at boxing. I've already been the best at something else. Now, do I want to be good at boxing? Absolutely. But it's not going to play on how I feel about myself. Like I'm, I'm here to have a good time, put on a good show, put forth my best effort. But at the same time, I'm okay if I get beat up by a 16 year old, that's fine. Or someone like Josh. <laughs> um, well, look, e e even Matt, I think he had already won the CrossFit Games, but um, running was his – I've brought this story up many times. Running was his uh, weak point, yeah. so he joined a high school track team, and, the, and the, the high school kids were beating up on him. I mean, here's exactly. the fittest man in the world is is letting you know high school kids outrun him. Yeah, I mean – that's and Not by choice. <laughs> yeah, and that's what I love about our sport is like it humbles everybody. If it humbles the first place guy, the guy who's the best at our sport has defined it, then it's for sure going to humble the last place guy. And and it's all throughout that's it's just humbling. Um a, a friend of mine was uh in a, was sharing a text message thread that they had with someone else the other day and they were like, "Well, that's just the way crossfitters are. They're con they're mostly conservatives and libertarians." And I remember <laughs> thinking, "Man, that's not really a if, if I were to think of who CrossFitters are, I wouldn't put them in a political category. I would put them in people who want to make themselves better, people who take personal responsibility, people who take personal accountability, people who believe in themselves, people who want to get control of their lives, people who want to be around people who believe instead of feel sorry for you, people who believe yeah. in you. I, and, I have one of my good friends um, uh, who showed up at my barn during COVID. Um, he uh, couldn't graduate college because COVID hit and his college kicked him out. He's a, he's a Harvard uh, graduate. So super smart and, and obviously very liberal and probably yeah, has a di completely different than me, but he showed up to my barn and just, and that's, you're right, right? Like you can't put everybody in, oh, we're mostly liberal or conservative or libertarian or whatever. It comes down to how hard we work. And what we're willing, and like, because the fact of the matter is, the sport is birthed on the idea that I'm not good at this, so I'm going to go try and be better at this. I, I'm I, I'm going to learn from my mistakes and switch it as I go forward. So re regardless of your liberal conservative, I don't really care. Like, as long as you come into my barn or my gym and have a willingness attitude to accept loss and fix things, I don't care what you believe in. Right, right, and yeah. You can, you can, and, and, and it's a very accepting community too. You can show up there um, with your Gatorade and within three months, you won't show up there with your Gatorade. <laughs> you show up with a monster. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're killing me. Instantly, oh, yeah. instantly one of his favorite guests. <laughs> yeah, instantly. <laughs> so you, so you play um, college football and, and, and did you graduate from college? Yep. Graduated with a degree in mathematics, man. Oh, wow. Wow. And do you lot. like math? Do you like math? Yeah, I love it. You, you like numbers? It's the only thing that has no, you can't break a rule and it makes sense logically. Right. Like I before E except that for C, I always hated English. I'm like stupid rule breakers. Like math is like black and white. It's either right or it's wrong. There's no gray or in between.
except in Oregon, it's racist, but totally different subject. Um, so, okay. So that's, that's fascinating. So you, so you're a pretty logical person. I would say so. Yeah. I mean, usually I guess I would be one of the athletes in the sport that's, that's willing to put their opinions out and I will spend time formulating my opinion that makes sense to me and not everyone's going to agree with it fine by me we're not all made the same but i usually am okay putting out a logical opinion that's well thought out yeah and i guess by logical i mean you you want to like before you and i are fighting over um uh an idea or concept first we'll define the words like 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 we're we're not going to fight over two plus two is four versus two plus two is five until we've defined what plus means yeah. So one of the things, so after I graduated college, I worked for the army as a DOD civilian for about three or four years. And we worked in a field called um, operations research systems analysis as an ORSA. And what that means is we define problems. So if you have a problem, we have to define the givens and the assumptions and the definitions. So you're right. That's how I approach everything is, hey, Savon, before we get into a question of uh, why are hypothetically the, the hypothetical question might be, why is most people in CrossFit conservative or libertarian? Let's define what those means and what most people are. And then we can get into actually solving the equation. People, that is the biggest problem with everything that's going on in the world right now. People, are, core ref- math. people are refusing to define their terms and they're refusing to do the math. And uh, whether it's you're fighting with your girlfriend, your wife, whether you're upset that your dog's peeing in the house, you have to make you have to define the situation or else it'll be two people who are it'll be two people who are trapped in their head fighting with each other. And that is uh, one of the components of insanity. People always ask me, Jake, what's the like you got a degree in math? Like why? Like what did that give you? And I think what I tell most people is like. Yeah, like right now I add by 45 and I multiply two, right? I don't do a lot of math right now except for lifting, right? Or how many rounds am I boxing? But I think what it teaches you, it can teach you, is to sit down and to not make a rash decision, but instead make an informed decision and a logical decision. That's what it teaches you, right? Is before I jump to a conclusion and say, oh, I don't like Savon, the first question is, well, why don't, why do I think that way? Let's define who Savon is and figure it out. And that applies to everything, whether it's political, religious, ideology, whatever it is. Right, right. Um, <clears throat> someone, someone just said, "Any uh, life is not that black and white." I forget. It was the same guy who said that. And I want to acknowledge the fact that um, when we had Pat Vellner on the show, he said one of my, he, you know, he said my problem is that I'm too. What was the word he said? Absolute. And yeah, I I am pretty I, I am pretty black and white, and I am pretty absolute, and I do I'm 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 pretty I'm I'm hooked on numbers. I'm addicted to numbers, so I understand. People, uh, I always find I'm a very opinionated individual. Mm-hmm. I have an opinion on everything, whether it's right or wrong. I'll tell you that, and I'll admit my faults. But people usually don't like very opinionated people in this day and age, right? Especially if they don't agree with you. Now, you and I, Savon, may disagree on whatever. You could name it. We might disagree on it. But that doesn't mean I'm going to think differently of you. It doesn't mean I'm going to be like, Savon's a moron. But that, unfortunately, that's the day that that's what today's age does is if they disagree with you, like, oh, he's an idiot. I don't want to discuss it. I just want to call him an idiot or call him some right. worse. Right. The people who don't want to discuss it, I will lump them in the category as idiots. Um, <laughs> please move to Nevada. 
Not to Kansas, please. Not to Kansas. I, I think it would be lovely if schools. So I was a, uh, I was homeschooled for a majority of my before high school, and I was a part of a debate team, uh, to debate for a while. And I think it's important that people actually learn that in school, like learn how to have a difference of opinion. Brian and I might disagree, but learn how to talk through it, walk through it, present evidence that's real, and then talk about the situation. But they won't do that in school. You know. Speaking so. of you and Brian disagreeing, did Jacob make the um, top 40 best CrossFitters of all time? <laughs> <laughs> Please, no. Don't put me on there. Um. I ran into that problem when I was teaching in high school. A lot of the kids, not only were they unwilling to take a position, they were really afraid of being wrong. And it's like, that was the thing that I tried to to get them to like, just take a chance. Like, and even now this is happening this week. All these people, I knew you were wrong about this, this game's, this game's athlete. And they were going to do better than that. And I'm like, well, you didn't say anything. <laughs> Eat a dick. Uh Carson Smith says Jacob Hepner has a body pillow shaped like Josh Bridges. True or false? Uh, I, so he, he he was in uh he's originally from uh outside of St. Louis, right? St. Charles. He was born and raised in St. Charles, which is like four hours down the road from me because I'm in Kansas City. He came and took his boys to a Royals game a couple weeks back. And so I said, Hey, you're in town, the Royals are in Kansas City, come hang out. I have a heavy bag in my barn hanging from a rig, and I have an old games T-shirt of Josh's that someone had in my gym and gave to me for some reason. And I was gonna like wrap it around my my heavy bag and like not even say anything about it. It's like let him walk in, let him like, hey, why is my T-shirt wrapped around the heavy bag? But he didn't. He, he rock starred me. He didn't show up and work out with me. So. Oh damn! <laughs> did you see? Did you even get to see him? No, he he was seeing friends in Kansas City, and then he had a late night with his kids. I don't blame him for coming out, working out with me early in the morning. So. I don't think he wants to see you because he wants to. It's too close, too close, too close well, we to saw, showtime. We saw each other at the games and we had a good time swapping stories. So that was fun to be able to see him there. Um, how did that go? Did you guys? Uh, weren't you guys supposed to work out three times against each other? Yeah, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Uh, Josh got sick like a little weenie and didn't uh-huh. show up till Saturday. So we had to skip out on Friday, Saturday. But it was still good. We still got the new one. The important part was was to get in front of people and and uh talk about the fight and get people stoked about it and honestly just get people excited about crossfitters trying something other than crossfit because what's at the top of the pyramid savon sport and no one does it it's ridiculous most people don't even know what pyramid you're talking about um it's true uh and did you do the workout against him in the coliseum yep yep we did uh dave made it up on the fly (laughs) we did uh 21 15 9 uh, snatches at 75 pounds and a bar facing a Barbies. And I heard that within seconds, it was obvious you were going to win because you were doing muscle snatches. Well, I mean, I'm also just, I'm, what did I compete last year in 2020 was the last time Josh competed in CrossFit. Like it's been years. So I'm recently off of it. Like, unless we did, what's Josh really good at? Unless we did like a hundred burpees. Yeah, yeah, something short, right? Let's do something like right up Josh's wheelhouse. It was probably going to happen that way. I think we both kind of knew it. And and you did it in the Coliseum, you said? Correct. Did the crowd go crazy? The crowd went crazy. They were yelling <laughs> and screaming our name. That's <laughs> awesome. And, and uh, you said you did it on Saturday, so it was pretty full? Uh, it was on Sunday. It was Sunday Sun- at oh. – still pretty full. Sunday so at noon, sometime. 
So jam-packed. I, I didn't remember seeing that on the broadcast. Did they show that, Brian? They didn't broadcast it. Don't worry. They didn't broadcast. Travis Mayer started an event, <laughs> a heat event 14 or 15, just fucking dominated the heat um, with uh, with Scott Panchik tra- chasing him by like, you know, half a second the entire time. And they never showed Travis once. So don't worry. Don't feel bad. The broadcast hey, team was uh, high on something. Just like you're like still learning how to do your 109th podcast, CrossFit still learn how to do their 12th year at the games. It's still you're, learning learning process. You're a good dude. <laughs> Savan, you oh. almost made me did include Hepner in the top uh, athletes of all time. Fortieth, forty first. What are we, Brian? What, what are we? What are we? What are we at? Twentieth. <laughs> wow, hey, that's pretty high. Fifty percentile. I'll take it. How many games have you been to? Uh, do you want to count 2020 games? I usually don't. <laughs> yeah, let's count it. Only because Brian's here and Brian's a purist, but I don't count uh, it. 14, 15, 16, 19, 20. Five games. And what happened in 17 and 18? 17, I had bursitis in my knee. We're going to oh. go through it. 17, I had bursitis. Couldn't even squat. Uh, and um, right before the open, so I was like, I'm out. Uh, and then 18 was that uh, very well, <laughs> well thought out standard for handstand pushes. I mean, oh, that's right. I remember iceberg. that. I remember that. Clearly, he did not have the capacity. <laughs> yeah, I was like, mm, you're right. I don't always win handstand pushup workouts. You're right. I'm terrible at them. You're so correct. Wow. That there is some irony there, huh? So the fun, the irony behind it, to be honest, the good story is most people don't know this, but 2018, that handstand pushup standard came out and it was just the most difficult standard of my life. And so I, I obviously didn't qualify there. And then 2019, right. They bought strict handstand pushups back in a workout. It was like, it was the one that went single arm overhead, walking lunges, 50 foot, bo- 50 box step ups, 50 strict handstand pushups and, and like a 200 foot handstand walk. Right. And they didn't have the standard in that open workout. And I looked at my wife and I thought, I'm going to win this workout worldwide. So CrossFit has to announce that I won it just so they know that standard last year was stupid because they got rid of it. And uh, I had first in the bag, but then someone at HQ decided to like slow my video down to like quarter speed. And one of my hands didn't hit the ground exactly when I dropped down from a handstand walk. So they gave me third right behind Frazier. (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah, freaking Frazier, man. Freaking Frazier. Uh, bursitis, that's when you have like a bone and a, like you have a bad bone. You have like a bone grow when you don't want a bone to grow. Like, like, no, it's when, like in it's when my sophomore year in high school when I was in Spanish class. <laughs> no, it's, uh, your bursa sac. You have a bursa sac in your joints and it like swells up and it's just a bunch of fluid and it becomes really painful to use it. And so I couldn't squat. It was just so oh. painful. So, okay. So there's, there's no actual bone growth. Not that I know of. Okay. And then what happens? Can't they, they, they put a needle in it and, and drain it? So it was more than that. Cause some you can, and this, I already had knee issues already and it was more than just swelling. Cause I asked that, I said, Hey, can we just drain it? And they were like, no, you're st- it's still going to be painful. And that was the year they had like all squat snatches. It went like up in weight, but low in reps and a bunch of chest bar. And I couldn't even do that. So I was out. Um, what do you think about, um, so you came from football when, when did you find CrossFit? How old were you? I was in college. So I was up on, I was working at Fort Leavenworth as a civilian. 
uh, as an intern during my junior year and someone just invited me to go to this thing called CrossFit. And I was still in college, so I still had like a year left of football. And someone invited me and I thought it was a cult. <laughs> Probably is. It is. And uh, it straight up is. And that's how I kind of found it. It's kind of got drug into it. Didn't know what it was. And, and and so if it was your junior, you were like 20? Yeah, probably. Around that time. Yeah. And the, uh, where I was going with this is, um, well, we've been, we've interviewed Jason Hopper. That's, I don't know if you know who that is. He's kind of like yep. the new kid on the block. He made it to the games this year. And he comes from a football background. And basically the summation of the interview we did with him after the games, he basically just said, Hey, the volume, I'm just not, I wasn't prepared for the volume. Volume yeah, but I think my ass. I think the volume comes with time, right? So when you first start, the biggest mistake people make is they come in, they think, "Oh, I'm gonna do this class workout." Oh, but I'm gonna do more now because the class workout isn't good enough. And, and don't get me wrong, like if you're going to the games, it's probably right, but it doesn't mean like you do it tomorrow, right? You slowly work into it. I'm gonna do class workouts for the next couple months, and then maybe I'm gonna start adding stuff here and then there, and then after a while, after like two or three years. You're at the volume that a games athlete would normally compete at. But the mistake most people make is they put volume over intensity and then they get injured. Um, did you did did you do that? Oh, make yeah. that mistake? Oh yeah. I mean, yeah. I haven't we all at some point. Uh guys, when I'm sitting here looking at uh, Riverside FM, my software for the podcast, I'm noticing that Jacob's voice is out of sync with his face. Um if you guys see that, let me know. I'm curious how that looks on YouTube. So, Savon, so, let's, so, let's, let's yeah. talk about it. So, why don't we get along? What What did you do the first year at the games that made us not great friends? We can fix our friendship now because I like you now. But let's talk about why you don't like Jacob Hepner. There is a presupposition that I did something in that statement, that it was me. I don't know what it was. Let's just talk about it. We were in the because I honestly don't remember it to be quite like bits and pieces. You, we, we were you just had an athlete briefing, okay? So 2014 games, yeah. Okay. Uh, it was in Carson, I don't remember the year, probably 2014. And um, I was filming the behind the scenes, and I walk around like I'm holier than now, and anyone who gets to talk to me is lucky to talk to me. And sticking the camera in people's faces and expecting them to um, accommodate me. Sure. And um, I walked over to you and you were, I, I remember exactly where we were. Th there was that tent. I don't know if you guys were getting fitted for um, for those uh, five five twelve vests or what you were be guys were being fitted for. But it, yeah. it, it's a fucking scene, right? And, and uh, I was talking to you. Shit, now I got an echo. And I was talking to you, and I thought we were hitting it off, hitting it off, hitting it off, and then you just cut me off abruptly. And I was like, this motherfucker. So I, I think what happened, and I'm going to clarify this right now. Yeah. I could care less. I have friends with people that I have. I've done them wrong. They've done me wrong. Right. So we can be friends, and we can have a good dude's coffee next time we hang out or just spit it out because it doesn't taste that good. What, you're um, oh, Josh, <laughs> I drink good dudes every podcast, Josh. <laughs> All right. So I think what happened is I had gotten married the day before okay. and you had asked me a very similar. You had asked uh, Kalipa concerning um, uh, having sex during the games week. 
That would and, be inappropriate. I would never ask something like <laughs> yeah, that. <you're> <laughs> <laughs> so, unfortunately, me being like uh, my personal beliefs, I had waited for marriage. And so I had not had sex until marriage. And so, you know, like I had been married for 70, 48 hours, 72 hours. And then I got asked a question like that and I just wasn't prepared for it. Yeah. And then I probably came off like a, who knows how I came off. Obviously I, I hey. made you upset or whatever the case was. It, it wasn't, um, it was 51% my fault because I did walk around there just like expecting like, I mean, I, not consciously, just in hindsight oh, yeah. when I think about it. You know what I mean? When I think about it, I'm like, holy shit, I walked around like I fucking own the place. Um, but yeah, you didn't do anything. I, I wouldn't say you weren't like, it was, just the conversation was just over so abrupt. Yeah. Wow. That's yeah. an amazing backstory. Yeah. So now. And see, how did you know? And how did you know that um, I was mad at you? I would talk shit about you on the Josh and Matt podcast or like, how did you know? Oh, I mean, I don't remember. I think you brought my name up. So I listened to it. I enjoy listening to it. I enjoy listening to you guys talk. Um, and uh, so when oh, I just, drive to drive to boxing, I listen to it usually. And uh, I think you had briefly mentioned it. And I was like, oh, well, next time I get in a podcast with Savon, I'm going to bring it up. And, we're gonna, <laughs> we're gonna, and I was like, we're going to bury the hatchet. We're going to get past it. And then we, we will not bury friends. the hatchet. We will what? not bury the hatchet. <laughs> we'll bury it after September 18th. That is that sound. We will not bury it. the fight goes, we can bury it then. Well, so then I'll tell you. So then I was being hostile towards you on Instagram in the in the last probably like six months. And then something <laughs> happened in me about a month or two ago. I thought, you know what? I'm gonna just start being nice to Jacob. Like this is like I'm just like I'm I'm not I'm not I'm not comfortable like needling them anymore. And so I started making some nice posts on your Instagram. I don't know if you noticed a change in my temperament. Well, I can't comment or tag you back. You don't let me tag you on anything. <laughs> well, it's not that I don't let you. I'm fucking shadow banned a fuck. Dave, Dave is just telling me this morning. He's like, dude, you're enemy number one. No one can tag you. I posted something 12 hours ago. I have 100,000 followers almost. I posted something 12 hours ago. It has 55 views. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so that's why I created a separate Instagram for firearms because i was tired of getting shadow banned by the powers to be they didn't like me shooting guns in oh. a safe in a safe fashion and so and that's and i talked to dave about it too i was like dave like can you explain to me like you, did you create a separate account just for that he was like yeah kind of sorta and so i did the same thing because i was tired of it also um i had that in my notes here i appreciate you bringing that up you're a good dude hey so Ooh. that makes sense why you got married so fast yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. There's, a, <laughs> there's an obvious good reason for that, right? So maybe if I would have waited till after the games, maybe I would have I would have done better. What's the Rocky line? Like, stay away from women, Rocky. They make your legs weak. Like, maybe I should have waited, but uh, who cares? So, so you um, go to the CrossFit Games. You have a run-in with the cameraman. Um, <laughs> So, okay, so so you start doing CrossFit, and, and your wife sees you go through this transformation. She sees you basically find this. And did she think it was dangerous at all? Was she, like, concerned? No, not as dangerous as boxing. Um, right. But, uh, no, she never thought it was dangerous. I mean, at first, she probably thought it was a time waste, but she probably wouldn't tell me until she realized, hey, he's been to the games. Like, he, can make a, he can make somewhat of a living off this or supplement his income more. 
And now it's, that, it's a lifestyle now, of course. When does that happen when, when you start – um, when that starts creeping in. So the, the first year you went to the games is 2014 at that right. point, like we talked to these people who are just starting CrossFit and they just love CrossFit. So that's why they're doing it. But at yep. some point people start to think, okay, I need to start like figuring out how I'm going to make money doing it. Did do you know, do you remember what year that was and how that crept into you? Yeah. Uh, I don't really recall. So I had a full-time job up until like 2017. So to be honest, like three or four years, or 20, maybe 2019, so for the most most um, part of my career, I had a full-time job, but I was doing things on the side. But to be honest, Yvonne, I think it comes down to your mindset. I think most people, now I'm going to say most, caveat most, most people in our sport are not athletes, are not very business savvy. And it's actually somewhat good if you are. So guys like Matt, I love because he knows what he's doing um, and he knows how to uh, turn himself into a business and a brand. Unfortunately, most games athletes, and this isn't a bad thing, it's just a difference of opinion. Most games athletes don't know how to do that, or they have a manager do that for them. Whereas I never had a manager. I've done it all myself and I learned and made mistakes along the way, whether it was starting companies or doing things of that nature. Do you really think Matt is that savvy? Um, and the reason why I ask is because he does a podcast with me. And so many people have told me, even my own fucking mom has told me, is he out of his fucking mind doing a podcast with you? <laughs> I mean, so, I've seen, I've seen Reddit, Savon. I, I've seen Reddit. <laughs> I do not go to Reddit and a good Christian Dude. boy like yourself should never go to Reddit either. Hey, but if you have a good idea and you put it on Reddit, you will know if it's a good idea because everyone and their mother will tell you it's good or bad. So it's a great place to get like an opinion. Man, it's a cesspool. Every once in a while, my good friends will send me a link to the, <laughs> the rare thread that pops up about me. I'm like, dude, I will never go to that fucking orgy of heathens. Hey, there will be a Reddit post, probably a Reddit thread that'll say, Jacob Hetner went on Savad's podcast. What do you guys think about this? Do you think Hetner agrees with something? It's going to happen. Like, if not, I'll create it myself just to get comments. Oh, it is gross. Um. <laughs> And have you had, has, has life been pretty smooth? Is Kansas a good place? Have you lived a pretty charmed life? Yeah. Kansas is nice, man. It's, uh, uh, it has, uh, it's been wonderful, right? So it's really cheap out here, right? So land is next to nothing compared to what you guys have to pay in California. Uh, land life's slower. You're right. People wave at you. I wave at everyone. When I drive by, I have people that stop in front of my house that have tire issues. I'll go out there and help them. It's just life's to me, life's better. Um, out here just the people are nicer and the people care about you more it's not like a rat race all the time is your barn insulated yes Jim. correct and how cold does it get outside uh, of the barn there the coldest it, so we've got two propane heaters in there uh so i mean we have a pretty temperament temperamental winter um it's not like we're michigan or wisconsin and uh, we'll get snow but it won't stay for more than like two weeks at a time um, so it'll get, it'll get below zero, but not for very long, but the barn heats up quick. I mean, it's insulated. I've got two big heaters in there, so it's not, it's not bad. Um, how much did it cost to build the barn? I mean, I know it's a never ending project probably, but just roughly. Yeah. So roughly, uh, if we take out all the equipment, cause the equipment's been purchased over years, right? The infrastructure itself was around 167 K. Uh, and, and then that's we, bathroom, but, electrical, the foundation and the walls, everything, the everything. windows, Yep. And then we added the only thing we did. Permits. Add permits. Permits. Oh. <laughs> the state, the state California, someone, I get no permit. 
Dude, so the best part is, okay, so. This oh, is, my this God. Is, this is where people might start hating me. I don't like big government, right? I don't like people telling me what to do. And I have, uh, I get a letter from the county saying, hey, we need to come do an appraisal of your property after I put the barn up. So you know what they're trying to do. They're not trying to increase my property value. But I've got a gain on my property, so I didn't call them back for months until they kept getting pissy and sending me letters. So I finally had them come out and look at it, and my property taxes are going to go up. But uh, yeah, it's about 167 to 175 k. So when I moved into my house in Santa Cruz, California, um, I, I'm, my house is built on a slab. And the people who sold me the house told me that they had completely rebuilt the house basically from the bottom up, including all the plumbing. Well, what they didn't replace was a 50-foot section of iron casting pipe that connects the three bathrooms in my house together, and that collapsed. Mm -hmm. And so I had to pay $100,000 to have like all my floors lifted up and to have that pipe replaced and reconnected. And then – um, and then I built a fence around my house and albeit it's an insane fence with three electrical gates. That was another hundred thousand dollars. So I got, I got my three bathrooms working in a fence around my house for more expensive than your entire fucking barn. And no that permits. Mine. Oh yeah. And I had permits galore. Oh and, yeah, yeah. And, and when they, and when the city came to give me a permit for fixing the, that, that pipe, that cast iron pipe, they're like, Oh, we have, they count the number of sinks you have in your house or water lines you have in your house. And if it's more than what's allotted, you have to pay a fine. And and I had, I, I, had, I had to pay like $3,200 in fines because I had too many sinks in my house. I'm just yeah. like, this, this is nuts. Yeah. I, I, I thoroughly, that's a beauty of Kansas. I'll find you some land, Savon. I'll send you some land. You can move out here. You can build whatever you want, do whatever you want, shoot off your back deck, whatever you want to do. And no one's going to complain. Um, what will you do if you have to go to the bathroom during the middle of this podcast? You're parked in the parking lot of a strip club. Where would where would you pee? Uh, I don't know. I don't have to go to the bathroom, so I'm good Any, for right now. Anywhere you want? I mean, if it's Does my that... property, I just pee wherever I want. But I'm, right. I'm right next to a freeway, so it might be a little bit weird. Do, do your parents um, live close to you? Two hours. Both of our parents do about two hours away. Okay. Well, why did you move? So why did you, why did you pick a piece of land so far away from them? I mean, my personal opinion, I've always, my parents raised me in such a way that I'm not meant to just, you know, be with my parents the rest of my life. I, I got married to my wife. The importance of that is now I'm going to go off and make my own life with my wife. I don't want to depend upon my parents. I don't need to ask them for money or, or live on their land. Some people do, and that's totally fine, but that's not the way I was raised. I was raised to go off and start a settlement of my own or start my own family and do my own thing. They're up here this weekend hanging out with me. So they're close enough to get here, but it's not like I don't, I don't need to, to be with my parents after I get married. You're uh you're 31. When I was 34, I still lived at home. I moved out when I was 34. I mean, I was in and out my whole yeah. life, but, but Armenians, Armenians never move out. I should have never moved out. If I would have it my way, I'd have my mom move in with me. And you know what? Like when we have, our house built and the, and the property and I have this small house ready, I will have my parents move in because I want to spend that time with my parents. But it, right. I think a, a child is meant to leave off and start and do their own thing. To I agree. I agree. And the bird does have to be kicked out of the nest. There's a huge, there's a huge list. And I was kicked out many times between the age of 16 and 34. I just found my way back. <laughs> just fell right back in the nest. Um, so, so you're on a path to having babies. Correct. Yeah, that is that is definitely something we, we have on the path. Uh, obviously, 
kudos to the guys like Mayer who has four kids and can still compete at the highest level. Like that dude is a monster for doing that. I couldn't personally do that. Um, just my personal opinion is when I have kids, that's going to be the focus of my life. And I don't have time to, to dole out on other things, including competing. Um, but we have to finish building this house first and then kids are definitely on the horizon. And, and this house that you're building, and that's where I was going with it. Um, how will you have bedrooms for kids built into it? That's how I found out how many kids my wife wanted to have. She's like, Hey, I have these three bedrooms for our three kids. And I'm like, Oh, good to know. Now we're having three kids. <laughs> Is that really a true story? True story. She goes, I, so I think That's when you amazing. build a house, when you build a house, someone has to care a lot and someone has to care not at all. Like, or else you're going to butt heads and fight the whole time. Right. So she does all the planning. She's designed the house with a company. I don't do anything. And so she came back with the, with the architecture layout and she's like, Hey, here are the plans of the house. And I'm like, why are there three bedrooms right here? It's like a big old Jack and Jill bathroom. She's like, Oh, that's our kids bedroom. And I'm like, Oh, c- cool. Okay. We're having three kids. That's awesome. Uh, it's similar to like that, I guess with, um, similar like that in my family too. Like my kids would never eat dinner if it was, if it was up to me, if my wife didn't just take control of that, like they would just eat like a rotisserie chicken and a, like a bag of olives every night for dinner. But she like actually makes them dinner and takes care of all of us. Or like, I don't think we'd ever own a house if she didn't go to the bank and figure all that shit out. We would still just be like living in a van somewhere. (laughs) Uh, Pitching for Hepner's cover charge so he can use the bathroom. Nick of time gave $5. (laughs) It's closed guys. It's closed. (laughs) I love it. Okay. So, um, you, you have this CrossFit career. Tell me about all these businesses. Brian, do you have any questions for him? Of course, but you're not. I know. Well, I have to go pee. I I just need 30 seconds, but, but when I come back, we're going to discuss, uh, uh, Hepner, the businessman and, um, all the things he's got going, the apps, the, we're going to talk about Olivia. Um, And then we'll save the best for last, and we'll talk about this fight that's never going to happen in Florida because they're never going to. Don't say that. Don't put that out there. Because they're never going to find anyone to fight Thor. Brian, the show's yours for thirty seconds. Don't fuck it up. Don't hurt his feelings and start talking to him about his ranking. <laughs> hey, I'm fine with the twentieth place. What are we talking about? Well, it's probably it's probably a little bit after I manipulate from this game's results. <laughs> There were okay. th- there was something that we did a week, and in a lot of the cases, I just realized that this year was really important for a lot of the athletes still competing because outliers in terms yeah. of the, the way the season was some out of necessity, some out of someone's pro, you know preference, and so the results mm-hmm. last the last two years were weird. Like uh, one thing yeah. I've I've said before, which. You probably know this or know something of this, but in 2019, 19 of the top 20 athletes, the 10 men and 10 women who made the top 10, had either matched or exceeded their previous best finish. And it's like that's I pretty I'm pretty the top 10 men, top 10 women from any other year that would not be. Is that happening? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Was this um yeah. was this year the first year that you were up at? since you started competing that you didn't first year first year i did not like it not gonna lie really yeah i mean i coached i coached uh we had two teenagers and one adaptive athlete 
And so, man, it, it you're so busy. I mean, it, from that perspective, it was very heartwarming and a blessing to be up there with them and to watch them succeed and do what they want to do. But man, you are running around with like a chicken with your head cut off and you're so busy. And then, you know, like add to it, you know, you're de- you're putting with sponsors, you're de- dealing with sponsors, you're doing, you're meeting people. You can't go anywhere without getting attacked with photos, which don't get me wrong. It's wonderful. Like, but like, it's just, it's just a long week. I came back from that week and I just sat in the couch and I was like, I don't want to be talked to. I just want to sit here and stare at a wall, watch paint dry and just like become introverted for like a day. Right? That's like, how please. I felt too. That's how I felt yeah. too. I didn't, I, I wasn't even there. Were, I was just doing podcasts. I didn't uh, realize you were coaching anyone other than Olivia. Yep. Yep. We had three athletes there. Who was Did you say two teenagers and one masters? No. Uh, two teenagers, one adaptive. So we had Olivia one, in the 14-15. Then we had Emily Meyer, who was in the 14-15. I believe she got seventh in that division. And then we had Logan Aldridge, who took third in the upper extremity adaptive oh, division. That's awesome. Very yeah, cool. Logan's your athlete? Yeah. He's come out here and spent some time with us. It's been awesome. Holy shit. That's amazing. I was going to ask you what, what part is missing on your guy, but I know him. So I know what he, he's missing. a, so he actually showed up. He was like driving to Colorado. It was like a, a, a chance coincidence. He was driving to Colorado for his, um, I believe now fiance got a job in Colorado and he just drove through Kansas city. Of course, as you go through Colorado and he just like randomly messaged me on Instagram, like, Hey, I'm driving through Kansas city. Can I come hang out? And I happened to check it, had him come to the bar and we hung out the whole afternoon, worked out, Shot some guns. Of course, we shot guns one-handed because it wouldn't be fair if I used both. And went out to dinner and just really connected. And I really enjoyed hanging out. He's just a he's just a good guy. Um, did uh, d- is he waiting till he's married too? Uh, you know, I didn't ask that question. It's not normally a question that comes <laughs> up in a conversation. I'll ask. I'll, hey, Logan, message me. Ask me. <laughs> give me that answer. And so when he came out there, that was it. He liked you. He liked your training method. And he's like, Hey, will you get in my corner? He didn't, to be honest, like, did uh, you know who that, he was? Yeah. So he okay. was, on, I knew who he was. So that's why I was like, yeah, definitely come to my property, hang out. I knew mm. he was a good guy. I had never met him in person and, uh, he just didn't really have, he didn't really have uh, a whole lot of people in his corner helping him out. And so, um, he, he kept telling me that over dinner and I was like, look, man, like if you want me to get in your corner, I have a whole team of people that can help you, whether it's social media or body work or just. You know, like at the games, I was legitimately the guy running around getting gummy bears or getting things for people. I was the, you know, the errand boy for, for, because I have a better, I have a coach who's a better coach than me. And, uh, it was really cool to bring him on our team and augment, uh, him with our staff and have him do so well. It was fun to watch. And it's eye opening. I've not, I've not been a part of the adaptive community. So it's eye opening to be able to watch that for sure. It really is eye opening, right? He's a freak of nature. And, And honestly, like the games this year, I about, I think I broke down about one time. It was just uh, for the uh, award ceremony um, the, in the neuromuscular women, right? So neuromuscular, I'm going to define this bad, but just forgive me if you're listening. Neuromuscular to me means uh, you have something degenerative in your muscles that allow you to either fire or grow muscle or something of that nature, right? So most of these people have their full appendages for that matter. And uh, they brought the females out there and the third place female couldn't actually um, get on the box, right? The, the third place box. She couldn't stand on it. And so they had to sit her down and, uh, they got the first place girl up there and the second place girl will stay on the box and the third place is sitting on, sitting on her box. 
And then to be able to see them like take a second and they all sat down next to her, which is really cool. Like I think out of all the decisions that the CrossFit community HQ has made, they've made bad ones and they've made good ones. I think that was the best decision they ever made was getting the adaptive in there was just like great decision because it's so cool to see people who don't have a freaking arm can still climb a rope faster than me. Like it's absolutely bonkers to watch and it's going to make people in that category. Don't feel like a victim. It's going to make them feel like they're empowered to go out and do something for themselves. And that's awesome. I think it was really cool. One of the, I can't remember it was, it might've been the last day they were competing. So the Thursday morning I was watching from, uh, from my hotel room because I was, also writing the script for the ceremonies that day. And it's just these the least distractions. And I was, I think I was talking to someone who was watching at home and he had the teams that were pulled up. And there was basically the same number of people watching the adaptive athletes on the, the YouTube stream for them as they were watching the team competition. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, uh, comment section for the, in, for the adaptive athletes, just people I think yeah. who haven't had a chance to see them before the only event that there there's a big representation has been Wadapalooza and it's not, it's not uh, th- that's it's behind a paywall of flow elite for all these people were like, Oh my gosh, same things that with, with one arm better, and, and all these in- incredible accomplishments they were doing. The adaptive yeah, well, athletes are, the adaptive athletes are the new nasty girls. When nasty girls video came out in 2007 or eight, everyone's like, Holy shit. How are these girls doing this? Now the girls are doing shit that no one can do, whether you're a man girl or fucking gorilla. So they just lumped the girls and boys up together. Now we're seeing teenagers and adaptive people doing stuff that some of the fittest people in the world outside of the community can't do. And so they're sort of the new spark. That being said, I want to say two more things about what you said. Um, Jacob, one, I just want you to know that as sweet as your story was, if Travis Mayer was there, he would have helped that girl onto the box. So I was I behind know, I was behind a gate. I, I know you're so not Travis they, Mayer, but just so you know. They they actually tried to help her up. Uh who was in charge? One of the directors of the adaptive was trying to help her up and she just couldn't do it. He just had to sit her down. She was shaking so much. It was it was really sad, but at the same time pretty heartwarming to watch the the outcome. So he humiliated her by trying to help her. All right. Well, that story took a mean turn. And um, and the second thing is, is like, and I and I've really, I really want to emphasize this. The CrossFit Games are so unique in terms of being there in Madison or Carson or wherever you have them because of those people. The crowd is better. That crowd is nothing like any other crowd. It's basically a love in. And it's a gathering of the tribes. Don't get yourself all twisted if you're watching this shit at home and thinking it's just about finding the fittest. It really is a gathering of the tribes, and it's some of the nicest people you ever meet in the world. And and that would be lost if it was just a bunch of fucking meatheads, 18 to 35, yeah. competing there. Instead, we have, like, moms, dads, kids. The, yeah. It's a family affair, and uh, they, it's dope. They, on, they only got three divisions of adaptive, lower upper and neuromuscular. I think to my understanding, according to Logan, there's a total of eight that can be defined. Right. And so hopefully in your, and they only had five in each division. So in total, there were only three times, three times five. There were only like 30 athletes there pretty much adaptive wise. So hopefully in years to come, and I'm sure they're doing it, they're going to add more and that's going to be hard, right. To, to have movement standards for all those, but I think it's going to be a good decision. To well, they there. have, 
reasoning issue was based on open representation and they wanted to, I think, maybe have a, you know, it, and an opportunity for growth. Mm -hmm. And I do think they have a really good team supporting them to help with exactly that, with how can we actually yeah. have this competition so that it makes sense and it's understandable and it's fair for what the specific limitations are in each separate category. Absolutely. I brought, I brought up those two reasons and this ties into what Brian's saying about the open category because like, like I'm not I, like, I don't give a fuck that they're adaptive athletes, like in that they need a place to compete. If there's not enough of them, fuck them. Like then they shouldn't get to compete. What I'm saying is, is, and, and, and I know you guys, no one was disagreeing with me. What I'm saying is they actually bring all sorts of value. It's not like, Oh look, there's the poor handicapped people. I don't give a fuck about the poor handicapped people or the poor disabled people. It's actually that they add fucking value. They spark fucking the other fat asses and lazy people and people who don't believe in themselves to fucking get off the couch. Like, yo shit, if they can do it, we can do it. And they make the crowd better. So it's, it, it, it is not coming from a place of, uh, sympathy or feeling like i have to do it or like trying to be a do-gooder like there's a, a tangible contribution this community brings to our to like tangible to, to to the community that that's vital that's vital big contributors michael wright another five dollars for a one drink minimum for jacob <laughs> thank you michael i appreciate it um and uh, brian Trey Bun, $5 towards Brian's new computer. Thank you. Thank you. Brian, did you buy your new computer on credit or did you, did you use a credit card? Perhaps, yeah. Good job, buddy. Um, so uh, this, this Emily and Logan didn't get as much play on your Instagram, Jacob, as this uh, Miss Olivia chick who seems like she's been with you since she was nine years old. As I dug through your Instagram, I saw a picture of the two of you from when she was nine. Tell me your history with her. Yeah, so um, she has uh, an older sister, who Ellie Kerstetter, who went to the games three years as a teenager. And so um, Olivia first showed up when Ellie. So Ellie and Olivia went to our gym, uh, our affiliate. And I started noticing there, even though they're young girls, I was like, man, these girls are really good. Um, and so I invited them to come train at my barn. This was like seven years ago, six years ago. And so at the time, it was mainly meant for let's get Ellie ready to go to the games, right, for three years in a row. But her younger sister, Olivia, just tagged along, which I was okay with. So instead of, like, a barbell, she had a PVC pipe for snatches, whatever the case was. And so I've known her for since she was nine. She was showing up every night in my barn, working out, doing something, obviously scaling it. But look where that got you now. <laughs> and what happened to her sister? Does she still compete? No, she went to college. Um, she went to college and she, she's down to college in Arkansas and, uh, decided not to compete anymore, which I don't blame her. I mean, you know, right. it's, it's a lot of, it's a lot of work. So, and, and, and so how old is Olivia now? 15. And, um, you all, there was, you know, we were, there was a joke about how, not a joke. There was an observation, obviously that I'm sure you're aware of that. She snatched more than any female at the CrossFit 2021 CrossFit games this year as a 15 year old. <laughs> I mean, she yeah, snatched Tia to me. Yeah, to, to clarify, right? Mm -hmm. It was their third event on the first day, and Tia snatched event twelve on day three or four. So, well, it was Saturday, so it was the third day of competition, but it was fourth day since games. Yeah, 
So not really a good comparison. You know, could T have snatched 203? Probably on the first day, probably more. But yes, if you look at the straight numbers, she did snatch more than every individual female, every female there, and also every male in the 14 and 15-year-old category. Oh, amazing. <laughs> and I see things as black and white, so I don't really care about how much work Tia or Brooke or whoever, how much work they did. I care. So uh, two, two. And I think we looked up what the national record was. What is 50, it? I think it's below 202. Jacob, I don't think that's right, actually. I think that three of the 14, 15 year old boys had snatched more. Oh, prove me wrong, Brian. Prove me wrong. I'm waiting. <laughs> I'm looking Let at the see. game site right now, but. Uh, can oh, someone in the YouTube, can someone, oh, Brian Trabun, thank you. I think I already said your name. Uh, can someone who hasn't donated money look up and see what the national record is for an American 15 year old girl in the snatch? I think it's 20 pounds over the national record. I think it's. How much did they snatch, Brian? 14, 15-year-old boys. What was the three heavy ones? Gustavo Puch from Brazil, 237. Isaiah Weber, who was second overall in that division. And Ty Jenkins, who won the division, got 215. Two guys tied at 200. Dang, Brian. So I can't say that anymore. You just took that away from me. But I'm okay with that. That's fine. Isn't that amazing? Listen to this closely, people. Isn't that amazing? Or maybe it's just normal that 15-year-old boys are out snatching the fittest women in the world. I want you guys all to think about that. I want to leave that with you. Just leave that with you for a second. Okay, so you have this amazing athlete named Olivia. How did she end up placing? She won? Oh, yeah. She won the thing. I told her if she didn't win, she wasn't coming back and training in the barn. So stakes were high. Would she train outside or at a different gym? Oh, I mean, I probably let her come back in after a week of outside training. <laughs> um, are, people have said that it's more. Ner- Go ahead, Brian. I won't forget my question. I just wanted to ask um, because she the second, first, 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 sixteenth. But she had a sixteenth and an eighth, and I, you know, I was wondering <laughs> what you thought about that, or if you he yeah, beat, so- he, beat he beat her for that sixteenth. He beat her. Hey, so she's the opposite of me, Brian. So what is Jacob Heppner good at when he competed? Running, right? I was great at running. But if you asked me to snatch heavy, I was going to get a 16th, right, out of like 16 people. And so she's the complete opposite of me. So she got a 16th on the long distance run, right? So a 3.7 mile run. She's never been a great runner. Uh, And then she got an eight in the swimming. Um, And so her monostructural work is going to take some some working this year to improve her before she goes into the 16 and 17. I agree. It's definitely, we already sat down and talked about it and put up a plan for it because she doesn't need to snatch more, right? I need to make sure you don't take as many points on her run. Are you going to, are you going to run her to death this year? She was already running. Uh, yesterday she was in here running about three miles on the runner. She was already running a bunch yesterday. So does she, she like it. Does she like it? She'll get to like it. I, mean, I don't know if she likes it, but she's going to have to get used to it. She's going to be doing it for a whole year. My, my just following along on Instagram is that she likes training. Yeah. So she was after, and we have a fun time, right? It comes down to the environment, right? You have to have a fun environment, especially if you have a 14 or 15 year old girl. Like you, you can't, you got to have Taylor Swift popping on the speakers. You got to be having a fun time. And, uh, She's been in the gym every day this week, literally doing all the individual women workouts from the games. 
So <laughs> that's been fun to watch. She's beat me multiple times this week. So <laughs> do you ever feel like you push her harder, like too hard? Like, like you want it more than she does. You want it for her more than she wants it for her. Or do you catch yourself having to like, uh, reel yourself back or like really be careful. You don't like break her spirit or. No, I think, uh, one thing we did with Ellie when she went to the games, her older sister and Olivia was there training with her is we made sure to push them to a breaking point a few times for the games in such a way that wasn't the goal but the idea was to break them down, right? And I, I wanted them to realize that this isn't life or death. You can cry out there. That's okay. But I want you to put forth your full effort. And I think when she went into the games this year, the first event was 16th, right? And so if you had the expectation of winning it, if I had the expectation, I'm going to win this thing. And I get a 16 out of 20 in the first event. Most girls, most guys would break down and be like, I can't do this. I can't Jason do Hopper. This. <coughs> Jason Hopper. I mean, some, some athletes, that's how they work, right? So a good example, uh, I love Noah to death, but Noah is is a guy who has to place well and he gets better as he plays. He just keeps, he'll roll. And, and that's a dangerous competitor. Um, and so Olivia's different. Uh, we trained her in such a way that I know that you got 16th, but you're going to crush the rest of these. You're going to get a first, a second, a first, a second, maybe an eighth throughout the rest of it. I don't need you to win everything because that's how we've trained her. And so I, I, was, I, was, I was looking forward to it. This year was uh, at, when she won on Thursday. I was an emotional wreck because I'm like, I've been with her for. To me, it's like a younger sister watching your younger sister sacrifice for six, seven years of your life, of her life, and come out and put up with me every single night and be able to see her on top of the podium made my freaking year. I am, I'm, I'm good for the rest of the year. I, I guess that I guess my point. Uh, what? Uh, well, two questions. What event number was the run? Number one. Oh, so kudos to her. So what a great experience tough. she got to stay. What a great experience she got. And then the second question is, I didn't mean so much. That's what I meant, your relationship. It's not just that she's your younger sister, but do you ever confuse her that she's you? Like She has, tre- yeah. Like, 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 you know what I mean? You're a games athlete, and like, like you would confuse her, like you fuse as one, and like, oh, shit, like this isn't me. This is a different person. Like we do that in relationships with people we're close with all the time, you know, like what the fuck's wrong with you? I wouldn't have done that. <laughs> when, she, when she first showed up, I had a hard time uh, tailoring that back. But because she's been around so long around me for the last six years, I, I do treat her as she's me. If I mean, that's who she is in my mind. And I don't think she would have it any different. Like I expect you to win. That Honestly, I expect more from her than I expect from me. I never right. podium. I, right. I wasn't a, I was never going to be a podium contender. And I could have told you that when I competed, but she, she can be, she is now at least in her division. How did you parlay your, this is going to come out wrong. How did you parlay your lack of success into so much success? How did, how, how are you at the top of the food pyramid <laughs> in terms of sort of CrossFit icons um, and, and go-to people like, you know, YouTube channels to visit, Instagrams to visit. How did you become a, such a, a – uh, you know, there's people – like there's people in, in Brian's top 20 – like there's people – 10 people above you in Brian's top 20 list that haven't parlayed their CrossFit success into what you parlayed yours into. That's a good question. That's a perfect way of putting it. And I'm, I'm okay with that. Like I, I could have told you I was never going to be a podium athlete. Um, but 
What yeah, there's I did, guys I, on the podium who no one knows. <laughs> and everyone should reach out you. to Fraser. He might sponsor. You can beat Josh. Yeah. Ooh. Oh, that would be crazy. That would be hey, crazy. Hey, 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 Josh. Hey, so uh, Matt sponsored me because he told me I, I have a much better chance at knocking you out. <laughs> oh, you man. Know, you, you know, I decided, I kind of realized early on, um, and it kind of occurred over time as an athlete. And I hope I say this all the time, but I hope other athletes hear this and, and Matt has done a, a good job and Kalipa has done a Kalipa in my mind has done the best job at it is you can't compete forever. Yeah. You can compete in masters if you so choose, but like you can't compete forever. And at some point you're either going to have to go back and get a job unless you're Frazier which you set yourself up for, you know, your, whatever his joke is like 20 years of his life or whatever. Like you have to set yourself up for success when you're done, because as an athlete, that day could come tomorrow. If I break my leg or, you know, God forbid I test positive for a, a substance. I didn't know. Cause I kissed my girlfriend or whatever. Um, like you have to be careful. Be careful people. You have to set yourself up for success. And so early on, I realized I might not ever become a podium athlete, uh, become an athlete that will stay on top of the podium, but I don't need to stand on top of the podium, become a respected name in the sport and to make a living off the sport. You just have to be smart in how you brand things and smart in the relationships you, you, uh, cultivate and, and honestly just treat everyone like, uh, without fans, the sport wouldn't exist. So spend time with the people that make this sport exist. Do you, um, Barry Hopper, thanks for the five bucks uh, to the psychological investigators. You guys are off the top. Someone said, when are you going to come out with a new job? Uh, Matt Sevon? it's it, you, you call it the Matt Sevon Josh podcast. You have it all fucking backwards. It's Josh, Matt and Sevon, but, um, th this must be foreplay for them. They're hearing the three of us talk and everyone's getting all excited. Um, well, do you know who Colton Mertens is? Yeah. Yeah. He's uh, I don't know. I've never met him personally, but he's up in the Midwest. He's like an up in Iowa, I believe. It would be um, like, I don't think he knows what he has. Like, How do you say that? Um, because you're, you put yourself out there and let the world see you and decide who wants to be attracted to you and, and, and bring you into their like, you know, sure. daily, you know, media perspective or whatever. They, people invite you into their life, right? Um, through the media you, you produce. That guy works on a fucking pig farm with 15,000 pigs. He's got a fucking mullet. He's five foot four. He has a beautiful body and he works out in a fucking like he he's more likely to get bitten by a spider in, the, in that area that he works out and die than he is to make it out alive. I mean, and, and there's and there's such crazy potential there. And I just wonder uh, what did. But but but, you know, like in, in even as I asked him, I said, so we interviewed him midweek and I said, so are you making any friends? And he goes, or are you talking to the guys? And he goes, I didn't come here to make friends. He goes, I'm no, no. He goes, I'm trying not to. I go, have you met any of the guys? He goes, I'm trying Why? not to. <laughs> Why not? I don't know. But he said, I didn't come here to make friends. But but then we we interviewed him again later and he goes, have, we asked him, have you made any friends? He goes, yeah, I did. It was on accident. And he names off some guys like Roy Gamboa and some dudes he's hanging yeah. out with. But, um, what advice do you have to guys like this who he didn't, I think he finished towards the bottom. Yeah. But he, he, he was like 35th. 
and he was 30 something. I mean, Brian can look it up, I guess. And the, and the truth is, is that he could have, please don't treat Brian like a secretary. And the truth is, is that, um, he probably could have won one of the events. He had a really, really bad cramp in one in the, uh, thruster wall walk, uh, wall walk. Yeah. Um, I mean like noticeable cramp, like he was moving all, he, it was, he was fucked up. Um, what advice do you have to someone like him to parlay his unique um, character? Characteristics. Yeah. yeah. People like in my mind, what I've done from day one is people want to see who you really are. Social media and Instagram, man, it is so easy to put up a picture and be like, oh, life's dandy. Life's wonderful. Look at me. Look at this. People want to see the real and rawness inside of a, a games athlete's life. It's not fun. It's not, it's not always sunshines and rainbows. Um, and you fail a lot. You fail a lot of lifts. You, you, you quit workouts. You know, you, you, you blow up. Whatever the case may be, people want to see that. And that's what I've done from day one is I'm not afraid to show you that I'm a conservative from Kansas that does a CrossFit games athlete that, that hates snatching and likes to run. I'm not afraid to show you who I am and let you into my life. If you want to be a part of that, great. If you don't, no harm, no foul. I'm not going to be upset with you. But people sometimes feel the need to be friends with everybody and to make sure that everyone likes you. Not everyone's going to like you. Not everyone's going to appreciate you, and that's okay. But you just have to show the realness and rawness and unique side of your life. Colton's got a great, unique life. You're right. Like He's from Iowa. He's got a beautiful mane. He's five foot four and he works in a pig farm. Dude, with those four items, you should already have a Facebook show at that point. Like that would be, I would watch that, that show in a heartbeat, right. but you just gotta be able to show that. And I, so and I don't just show, do. so yeah. don't just show your corky after he gets quaffed, show him when he's being yelled at after he chewed up a new pair of uh, yeah. tennis shoes. Show you kicking him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Show him shitting in the living room. It's not all, it's not all good. When's the, when's the last time your dog took a shit in the house? Oh, he hasn't done it in forever. He, corgis are actually very smart dogs. They, they're they're like uh, they have the brain of a German Shepherd and the body of a <laughs> of Colton Mertens. Hot. <laughs> Another reason why I think people like Colton Mertens and the Chris Spielers and the Josh Bridges is because it's the David and Goliath story, right? Yeah. People yeah. love that shit. I mean, like, remember remember when Cody Anderson like cleaned yes. like three fifty the game twice? Like everyone's on their feet because you're like, you didn't expect that, right? Right. It's great storytelling. It is. Um. So so, what's the plan for Olivia? Like th- this this leap from teenager to elite level is massive. It is yeah. not a smooth transition. This shit that we're seeing Mallory O'Brien and Emmy, Emma Carey doing, Emma Carey doing, and Haley and, uh, and Haley Adams and Sydney McCabriella McGowan, Sydney McCallishan. Thank you. The, um, this is a this is a trip. Oh my God! I, I wish I knew what a DKK was. Nikki Nielsen just sponsored the show with two hundred DKK. I wonder if we're rich. I wonder if we can just end the show right here. What's a DKK? <laughs> call it. Call it. Big love to Hepner. Um, Thank you. Wh- how do you? Is that transition doable? Like, how do you reel her in? How do you? I mean, because it's a massive jump, right? Uh, man, I, I think. If we're going to just define the word massive, I think it's more massive for the men than it right. is for the females. Right. Uh, I think the men, I think our only hope was going to be Dallin and Dallin was close, but didn't make it right. Pepper. Um, but yeah. uh, 
I think the females you've seen like three or four of them already do it. It's doable. Um, but I think for our, for our goal this year is we're going to, she's going to compete at the teenager division again, but we're going to get her to one <laughs> sanctional. It, it, the idea is get you experience, get you in front of a crowd, get you in competing with the big girls one time this year, maybe a few times. Uh, and then the goal would be to do the same thing Mallory did this year is at the age of 17, don't compete in the teenage division. Let's jump it and let's go straight to the games. Wow. That's, I, I really like that plan. I wonder if she qualifies, if you're going to be able to not be enticed by the fact that then she would be the youngest female games competitor of all time. I mean, yeah, if she goes through, let's hypothetically say she goes to, you know, I don't even know, the Palooza, whatever the events, and she does qualify, then we might consider it. Um, let's pick the but, South American one or the one in South Africa. That'd be more realistic. Okay. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll travel really far. We'll travel. For, we'll pay to play. Sorry, South America. I know. I know you guys have Ghee in South Africa. You have Jason Smith. I, mad respect. Mad respect. Um, Josh Bridges, can you – no detail is too small. Can you tell mm. us how this fight, like, occurred – and did he pick you because he thinks you're a pushover? You're just a goofball in Kansas who makes funny videos? <laughs> so they had – I mean, I think he's already told the story, but I'll kind of reach out from my side. Yeah, I'd like they to, had, don't worry about if he's told it before. He, he, you tell better stories. I'm a, I'm a much better storyteller than him. Yes. Um, so they had previously – obviously, this, you know, like Dave and Josh go back. And, and so Dave was being picked to, to fight, which would have been awesome. But let's get real. No one would have been Team Dave. It would have been Team Josh and one person, and that's Dave. Because no one's going to vote beyond Dave's team. But, I would have um, picked Dave's team. I'd be the only one on Dave's team. Okay, good to know. So it was it was Josh and Dave. <clears throat> Dave turned it down. Um, I mean, in my mind, it's a lose-lose situation for him, right? He's not only not got the conditioning, but he's also learning to box. And, like, no one's going to be on his side. Like, no one's going to want to be on t- except for yourself. It was a lose-lose-lose all around. And so he turned it down for a, a myriad of reasons, which is fine. Um, they then offered it to another male CrossFit Games athlete. Um, and that gentleman considered it highly and then decided to turn it down in an effort to go compete at the Games this year instead. Um, and then they essentially went back to Dave and was like, we need somebody. Who do you recommend? And he's like, call up Hepner. He usually does some stupid stuff. And so they called me up and they were like, Hey, you want to, you want to box Josh? So that was Dave's idea. Yeah. I believe Dave Dave gave a list of people he thought would be willing to step into a ring with Josh. Wow. Okay. So, um, uh, they called me up. I thought it was a prank phone call. I'm like, dude, what are you talking about? I'm not going to box Josh. He's a boy crap. And then they were like, no, this is a serious thing. And so, uh, I talked to my wife about it. I was like, hey, at that point, I had already decided I was done competing in CrossFit, but I hadn't announced it yet. So it was kind of just kind of fell into my lap. It was kind of like, well, this is perfect timing. Uh, I'll be able to do something out of the ordinary uh, that I would enjoy learning just for fun and uh, try something different. And uh, so I accepted it. And uh, we've been doing like three to four days, four days a week, like two hours a day for like the past four months. It's a lot. And, w- and what does training look like? Is it all boxing training? Because your conditioning's already, already you do that. It's good. So when I first showed up, I remember thinking I'm in shape, right? Like I'm obviously in shape. Like I don't need conditioning. 
And the coach was like, so you think you're in shape? And I said, yeah, I don't, I just need to learn to box. And he's like, you're wrong. Like this is a different type of shape. And he was not wrong. Uh, it is a whole different ball game. And every time I talk to someone, they're like, well, how long are you fighting? And I'm like, we're fighting six threes with one minute rest. They're like, that's a long time. And I'm like, man, if you told me to work out for 18 minutes in CrossFit, I'd be like, game on, let's do it. But boxing is a whole different ball game. Cause it's like, I'm not just going around doing movements. I'm getting smacked in the face hypothetically. And that, I'm just increasing my adrenaline and my heart rate to the roof. Um, Josh told me that, um, he, uh, He's never sweat so much in any other kind of workout. He says halfway through the workout, he literally has to go take his shorts out off, rinse them out, and then put on a new pair of shorts. And then he says when he's done the second time, it's the exact same way. He says it's like his his shorts were sitting in a swimming pool. Yep. He's not wrong. We already talked about that. So, like, he'll put up videos where he has, like, clean clothes on, and I'll immediately call him out. I'm like, dude. You're not even sweating. Like, don't even act like you're working hard. And he's like, dude, this is my third change of clothes. And I, I don't, he's correct. I have never sweated so much in my life. And do they come to you or are you going to a local boxing facility? Yes, I'm going to a local boxing facility. I'm actually, it's a local, it's an instructor in Kansas City who actually currently coaches in a CrossFit gym. And so I go to a CrossFit gym and do most of my boxing there. And then we've been doing uh, weekly sparring in a ring in an actual ring inside downtown Kansas city. It's actually at a uh, police Academy. So, and did I hear you, did I see one of your posts correct that you're bringing a boxing ring t- into the barn? That, that is the goal. That's So we had the last mm-hmm. month, uh, we have the space for it. Someone has a ring and they're like, Hey, we'll put it in the barn. You, Cause I don't have access to a ring. So I was learning on a, on a floor. Well, if you learn to play football on a, a huge open space without the idea of, in zones and, and out of bounds, you don't, you don't, you don't play very well. And I, I need to learn the dimensions of a ring and how to fight in it. Wow. That's incredible. And so, and so when it starts off, what do you do? They just show you the fighting stance and you throw ones and twos. And then they, did you know any of the numbers yet? Like if they were like throw a two, five, six, did you know how to do that? Or a two, two, five, no. one or no, nothing. Not even in the slightest. So we showed up and it was just like, it was ground zero, man. It was like today we're going to spend two hours learning a jab, learning a one. And then tomorrow we're going to learn to cross. We're going to learn a two. And then we're going to add to a three and a four and a five and a six and the jabs and the uppercuts. So and and, all the defensive positions. And did you watch any MMA or boxing before this? No, I mean, no. So now we do, but beforehand, I mean, I'd watch, it, it was like a Conor McGregor fight on pay-per-view. I'd watch it with some people, but it wasn't like I would go off and watch a boxing match. But now I do because it's like, Hey, I can watch and I can understand to a degree now what's going on. And it's a chess match instead of before I'm like, eh, I don't know what's happening here. Have, have you go on YouTube and do you watch like all of like Lomachenko's fights and Chocolatito's fights? And are you going back and watching people's fights now and being like, okay. And I'm mostly watching amateur fights um, because okay. that's the closest definition to what's probably going to happen. I'm not going to go off and watch a counter puncher like Floyd Mayweather because I'm not a counter puncher. Right. And, and I doubt Josh is too. Um, so, cause that takes time and a lot of experience. So it's mostly me learning from amateur fights. Anthony Marquez, dollar 99. Sergino, surgeon, 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 S E R G I N ho. Sergino. Cheers for the graft as always, boy. Regards, Coco Beware from the UK. I'm not sure I understand that sentence. You might have to write that again. 
Uh, Jacob, is there anywhere people can watch the one-on-one versus you and Bridges at the CrossFit Games? Have you seen any video footage of it? it like, where can they find it and watch it at? Yeah. Oh, yeah. of the CrossFit Games. I don't know. I don't I don't think they I think, posted I think someone in the comments said that uh, Buttery broke. So you might okay, check well, that that's out. Smart of them. Thanks to them again, the Buttery Boys. Uh, Logan, let's face it, Logan Aldridge could beat Josh Bridges. <laughs> Only got to worry about one arm, man. Only oh, worry my about jab, goodness. Oh, my goodness. Um, and have you been punched in the face yet? Yes. And how yes, was that? <laughs> it was so the first time I went and spar. I mean, I was nervous at first, but you just get, I mean, I played football, so I got used to just getting smacked in the head a bunch. Now it's a little different, right? There's not a face guard here. And you got to get used to being like, I got to keep my eyes open when I'm getting punched instead of like blinking and moving because I got to be able to see things. Uh, I have seen blackness twice. I haven't been knocked out, but I've seen I've seen uh, some dark loading screens a couple times. Because <laughs> wow. they put me in a ring with some instructors that kind of worked me like a rented mule. Um, have, have you been tempted to turn your back to the fight at all? I had one. I had I did it one time out of out of mistake. And then they quickly corrected, like, don't ever fucking yep. do that again. Yep, yep. They quickly corrected me, which I didn't know. I mean, because it's, it's a learning process for me. Right. I mean, it, it's an it's a nat, it's the natural reflex, right? Um, yep, I, I, I even I, I watch a ton of fighting and I even see the pros do it on occasion. I'll be like, yep. oh, shit. Like, you'll see a guy just turn around and run to the other side of the ring. And you're like, holy exactly. shit. <laughs> for me, it was I'm stuck against the ropes. How do I get out of this? Like, I'm trying to slide left or right and try to pivot and I can't. So I just kind of step around and pit it. Or rotate and they were like hey you can't turn your back on people because you can get injured which so learning process um have you gotten angry in there yet have you had any emotional no 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 one's hit you like in a sparring and you're like okay you fuck fucker and you and you i mean in my mind you're getting hit and so you, you kind of feel like oh if savannah hits me i want to hit him back with the same amount of same amount of intensity that definitely exists but it's not anger i mean in my mind it's like like it kind of goes back to what I already talked about. Like, I'm not here to prove anything. This is not like, I'm not here to like, I'm here to beat Josh, but when I'm sparring someone else, I'm trying to learn something. I'm trying to put into practice what we're learning in the session. Like I'm not there to hurt that person. I'm there to throw punches and bunches or try more defense or throw more combinations instead of throwing single punches or trying to slip more. Like we're trying to do something specific. And so me getting angry at someone isn't going to improve that. When they offered you the fight, was it just like, yes, I'll take it? Or was it like, I don't know if I want to fight? Uh, when they offered me to fight, I said, I'm interested. I want to talk about money. Uh, and then we talked about that. And then I said, yep, I'll do this. Because it's it's got to be scary. It's something you've never done before. There's someone else trying to hurt you. Uh, but but not only that, you you're being asked to hurt someone else. So like like if if you're not a fighter, you don't even know if you have that in you, do you? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, I think instinctually, we all have it deep down there somewhere. I think for someone like Josh, it might be more apparent because at some point it was his profession to to a degree, correct? Um, but I think we all have it a little bit. Now, some people it's going to take a lot to dredge up, like. Noah Olson's not going to take a fight in a boxing ring. You're just not going to see that. Um, because I don't think that's something that w- he could be capable of doing. But I mean, uh, I, I mean, I played football for many years. We've got it. We've got a little bit of violence in our back. And to be honest, Savon, like people have asked me, like, have you enjoyed it? 
and you play a, a contact sport for many years, whether it's football or jujitsu, whatever you played, and then you, you you stop playing, you get a regular job, you get a desktop, you do CrossFit, and, and you don't get to have that. I want to say like a violent release, and I want people to understand that it's not meant to be in a bad way, but I think it's good for some people to have that release of like, man, I get to go in and safely hit someone and to take out a little bit of aggression on something. And at the end of it, we can hug it out. We can be friends, but it's good to have that. And I think for me, it's been actually very healthy to have that, to be like, Hey, this is really enjoyable to go into a ring, learn something new, hit somebody, get hit back. Right. And that's humbling. But at the end of it, I can be friends with this person. It's okay. But it's good to have that just ability to take it out on somebody, have a little bit of violence. I'm surprised you're not doing jujitsu, not for any other reason, but it just seems like something that would be up your alley. Like you have this physical capacity, you, there's stuff you want to do. Um, have you, have you thought about getting into it? I did it for a summer, uh, going into, it was like during summer, during college, I go into like my, uh, fresh, uh, sophomore year or something like that. Very enjoyable. I didn't do any stand up. It was all, uh, grappling, which I thoroughly enjoyed. Do you think you'll get back into that? I don't know. I mean, in my mind, everything in my life is a time value of money, right? It's, uh, is this worth my time? How much can I make from this? What else could I be doing that could substitute this and it could make more money or, or further myself more? So if there was a reason to do jujitsu, absolutely. If there's not, it'd be very hard pressed for me to, to spend the time to do that. I think that's an, uh, the perfect mindset for anyone to have who's between the ages of 30 and 40 years old, by the way. Your yep. 30s, up until you're 30, you learn all this shit. Then from when you're 30 to 40, you better grind. Yep. You better grind. Um, I saw on your Instagram that you have you have multiple businesses. Tell me about that. Yeah, so uh, you kind of forget, but I grew up very creative and I had an entrepreneurial background as a kid. You know, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna grow fruit, sell it on the side of the street for people to come by. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna grow fruit or vegetables, whatever the case may be. And then you go to college, and I I feel like sometimes our education system tends to make you feel like you have to fit into a, a box. And uh, it wasn't until about a couple of years ago, I decided, you know what, I've got the capability to do different things, to start different companies. and have a passion for it, for helping people and doing different things. And I decided to just jump full into it. So yeah, I currently own uh, a few different companies. One's a programming company that I run. You know, most, you know, like hard work pays off for, for Matt, you know, very similar what, to that. What's the name of yours? Grit. Grit. Okay. Grit. And then um, I own a uh, online nutrition company, um, uh, functional eating. And then the other three companies are uh, app-based companies. Uh, one company uh, I created, and we actually just recently got acquired. And so I actually got acquired by a different company. Uh, and so I'm working within a larger company now that acquired my my previous app. Um, and what was the app? The app was uh, a program delivery service app. So it's a, a way of delivering programming. So for instance, right? So Matt uses a program to deliver his hard work pays off program to his online clients. And I had worked with a, t- uh, a solution for that that was different than the current solutions that existed in our space. Wow. Isn't that kind of the goal to be acquired? Yeah. 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 In my mind, I mean, it depends on who you are, right? Some people might want to just create companies and run them for the rest of their lives. My idea was to create companies, get acquired. I don't want to run, run them for the rest of my life. And if I have to, that's fine. Um, so yeah, that was the goal for the, for most of the companies. So you're pretty stoked on that. Yep. Yep. So I'm stoked. 
I'm stoked about this year. I mean, we have a lot of things going on. I love staying super busy. Uh, it's the only way to do it. And, so. and and is there anything else in that list of businesses? Yep. The other business, I actually co-own a company with uh, Scott Pantrick, good friend wow. of mine. Wow. I got tired. Of, I got tired of losing to him. So I was like, let's start a company together. Okay. And so uh, Scott and I uh, and a couple other uh, guys um, co-founded a company called Stream Fitness. And we essentially took the idea of, remember when COVID hit and hopefully it doesn't come back. Thank you, Delta. Um, remember when COVID originally hit and every gym took their programming online for Zoom? Yeah. We took we took Zoom, re-in, reinvented it and put it in the inside the functional fitness space. Clocks in there, timers in there. You have a coach a part of it. So essentially we took Zoom and made it for the functional fitness space. And what's the name of that? Stream Fitness. Stream like a, a river stream. Wow. Um, and, and I, I think, um, lockdowns will be here forever. So you're stoked. Uh, I mean, I'm, I mean, for that perspective, it helps my company, but at the same time, no, I hate it. It's so that's dumb. a great, that's a great t-shirt lockdown forever. <laughs> you want to be locked down forever. Move to Ontario, Canada. Hey, hey you want to be locked down forever. Move to Sydney, Australia. We have the most beautiful outside environment in the world, but here we'll keep you inside away from it. Go ahead. And here's going to be another. Here's going to be another Reddit post by, off of this conversation right here. Here's another Reddit Good. post. <laughs> Good. Good. Oh, so Dallin, Dallin, Pepper, man. I didn't even think about that. You're right. He was going to make the jump, and he has the. I mean, I don't know him, but man, he got a a, a man body on that boy. That's oh, a dude. that's a sh- brick shit house. Such a man body that I saw him about two, three years ago, uh-huh. and became friends with him. Hadn't seen him in so long, saw him at the games, didn't recognize him. And Dallin's like, Jacob, like, I've talked to you for like 20 minutes. You don't even know who I am. And I'm like, dude, I didn't realize how big you are. <laughs> That's what it came down to. Wow. I really wanted, he he kind of won my heart in the uh, yeah. semifinals. I was kind of hoping he made it. You like him, Brian? Yeah, I actually spoke to him at the games as uh, an athlete in the teenage division that took second 17 as well it was uh oh my gosh what is his name david bradley thank you thank you um found out about him a couple years ago because his sister used to compete in the either regionals or sanctionals or both Mm -hmm. yeah he's a good athlete for sure um you you had a clip this is just on a side note before i talk about your uh, tactical games i saw you you in your instagram somewhere you had a clip i don't know if you've ever noticed this but it's um you being like introduced at the crossfit games or it's talk about the crossfit games and there's a picture of you and it has your stats at the bottom and it says you're five feet tall did you ever notice that (laughs) oh yeah maybe that's why josh was okay boxing me he thought i was five foot tall you know no i'm five seven do you think you're gonna win that boxing match of course i'm gonna win that boxing match do you think do you, do you do you think it'll go the distance? I mean, it only takes one punch to not go the distance. Uh, I think it would be no one wants to see a fight where you get knocked out the first round. You want to see us go the distance. Everyone wants to see that, uh, and so hopefully it does. But if it doesn't, who knows? Or would you rather see get to the last round? Yeah, you get yeah. the best no of both. No one likes the decision. Yeah, no one likes the decision at the end. This last weekend, I can't remember the fight. It was two guys were fighting. A guy got his mouthpiece knocked out, and he bent over to pick it up when he when he shouldn't have. And um, 
and the other guy kept punching him in the face and shit while he was trying to pick up his mouthpiece. It's things like that that are kind of the untangibles that if you're in there could just get really weird, right? What did I say? Yeah. What I call them? Untangibles? Intangibles? Thank you, Brian. Um, no, it's good. It's good. It's good to if I can improve my mastery over the English language in <laughs> the podcast. Kill two birds with one stone. Um, have you thought about that? Like, like if things like that happen, or like if, like, God forbid, like, what if you killed them? <laughs> what is this million dollar baby? <laughs> uh, what if you yeah, punch him? I in mean, his- it's it's obviously a dangerous sport. I mean, if this was. If they had asked me to do MMA or wrestling or MMA, I would have said a hard no. Like that's that's way too much for me. But I mean, yeah, I mean, there's obviously some dangers to boxing. We we are boxing, no headgear, sixteen ounce gloves. Um, so there is some danger to that. But I mean, it's better than no headgear and four ounce MMA gloves and knees and elbows, right? So there's some danger to it. That's the that's the the risk you take. Obviously, both Josh and myself want to win and want to beat the other person. Um, but at the same time, uh, I know for a fact that they weren't going to ask certain athletes to box Josh because of the emotional, they didn't want to bring emotion to the field, right? They weren't going to ask someone who hate Josh or Josh hates because. Oh, we're I not think they did. Get, oh, I think they did. Who, who they <laughs> you know who they asked. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, you're tracking. Um, and, uh, yeah, they don't want to. I don't think you need to bring emotion into it. It's already dangerous enough, and so it's not like I'm out to kill Josh. Now, am I out to win? Well, absolutely, but it's not like I'm out to hurt Josh and to and to, to injure him and put him out in a body bag. What will you guys? What will the weight be? So that's been discussed. It, it actually, the funny part was it wasn't discussed when we signed the contract. Uh, uh, details, it, details. It wasn't even like it, I was like, "Isn't this important?" Like you brought up after. So the funny part is, they they asked me to fight Josh. They know what I weigh. It's on the game's website. I'm five foot, right, Savon? Yes. Uh, and I weigh. I walk around at one ninety five, two hundred. Josh walks around at like one sixty five, one seventy. I didn't realize how much less than he he weighed. Go ahead uh, and say it. You didn't realize how tiny he was. Yeah, I didn't realize how much of a hobbit he is from the Shire. Um, but uh, I don't know. We're going to come down to a weight when it gets closer. I mean, right now, I'm not. I'm, I'm already dropping weight naturally. I mean, I don't lift as much. Um, we're boxing two hours a day. Like what he mentioned, I'm sweating like a freaking pig. And so uh, I'm already dropping weight naturally as we go along. And how strong could you be? I mean, your main training partner is a 15-year-old girl. <laughs> exactly. She already beats me at Snatch anyway, so it can only go up from there. Uh, the salt gun. I really want to get a salt gun. Another side topic, not worth the podcast, but it's for my own selfish inquisition. I saw you shoot that in the house. I want to get a salt gun. Can you shoot those in the house or do they make a mess? I noticed you shot someone in the house with it. Uh, you can do it, but it makes a mess. I mean, it's mostly it for like flies and bugs and stuff, but outside fair game. Okay. Uh, tactical games. You invited Dave to the – you made a post inviting Dave to the tactical games, and he responded with some PTSD response. Um, what did you think about his response? I mean, look, like if I ask you to do something, Savon, and you have a reason that is your personal reason, who am I to say that that reason is wrong? 
Right. It, it's not my place to, to speak on someone's behalf and I never will do that. Um, so he's got his own reason. Now I still told him after we got done doing the workout, I'm still going to show up and shoot with Dave this year after done with boxing and I knocked Josh out. I'm going to show up at a room. We're going to shoot some guns. We're going to have a good old, a good old fashioned time. Um, but yeah, he, if he doesn't want to show up, I'm not going to sit here and make fun of him for it. He doesn't have to show up. Right. I'll do that. And then, and then, <laughs> and then the good thing is, is that it really just brought a lot of attention to the tactical games is what I thought. I thought the net outcome was good. It's good that it got discussed. It's good that, I mean, he showed it a ton of respect. Obviously he wasn't disrespectful at all. He put it all on I- himself. I thought it was a very well thought out response. It was a, in my mind, it was a very logical response. It was a response. I can be like, that's something I would say. And I can get behind that. Um, are they going to find someone to fight this subhuman? Yeah. This, whatever you want to call this giant man, this unbelievable character. Didn't you guys talk about it on the last podcast? They said they found someone, but I don't believe it. I'm looking for a second source. I mean, I heard the same thing you heard. Okay. Uh, I heard the same thing you heard from this, probably the same source um, or the source's manager. Uh, and uh, we'll see what happens. I mean, I've been told uh, they're going to try and find someone to fight. They're going to fight in March. Um, so if you paid for your pay-per-view ticket for a September, it'll cover you in March. Um, and so they're going to fight. You guys are still going to fight in September and that will be Thor's theoretically. That will be Thor's first fight. So you're saying his Thor will fight in September, but he will fight Eddie Hall again in March. Correct. That's my understanding. Wow. Do you think you'll ever fight again or is it too soon to say? I mean, it comes back to time value of money, right? If someone asked me if I was like, Oh, I'm going to do amateur boxing and win $500 per fight. Hell no. You're not going to see me do that. But if someone was like, hey, you box Josh Bridges and you lost or you won, how about you box, I don't know, someone else, Noah Olsen, and this is how much money's in the pot, I might consider it. But I think what's this, what, what's going to happen from this is I'm going to finish boxing. I've always enjoyed doing things that are outside of the realm of CrossFit. I've always been a firm believer in the capstone of the pyramid of taking your fitness outside of the gym and, and putting it to use. And so I have a feeling when we finish boxing. Like disc golf, right? <laughs> I mean, I, I have a. Oh, I, please tell me no, Jacob. Please. No, no, no. But I, hey, I have a but that, that being said, you really should get some disc golf um, for your property. I mean, you have 50 acres. I might as well use it. Yeah. Um, but I, Ryan I can come out there. To buy some I, I'm going to come out there and design some. Oh, game on, game on. But I think after we're done boxing, probably something else will pop up. Something I'm going to get asked to do something that's, you know, out of the ordinary. Hey, how about you? Learn how to, I don't know, sew for time. That's a bad example. You know what I'm trying to say. I like it. So. It's a good example. But you know, yeah. Dave's an avid sewer. Did you know that? I know he makes leather products. So I imagine sewing is a part of that. So I can totally see that. Yeah, but he'll make anything. Backpacks, belts, clothes. He'll make anything. Yeah. Um, uh, Thor, boxing. Will you keep watching boxing? Will you keep watching fighting when you're done? Um, You know what? I don't watch football now because of years of putting into it. I don't enjoy watching it. To me, it's a waste of my time. Um, so after I'm done boxing, if I continue to box, probably. If I'm not, probably not. I, I have other areas to put my time into. I only have a finite amount of it. It's quite a theme that we have going. Um, it is. Do you, watch, do you watch any sports? Nope. Interesting. Okay. Well, I don't watch football. I think it's dumb. I don't watch baseball. I think it's dumb. I don't watch basketball. <laughs> 
I don't think basketball is dumb. I just don't watch it. Yeah. Um, but I used to watch a lot of football, and you're right. It is a, a complete waste of time. But I do yeah. really, really, really enjoy MMA. But but I'm also going to um, make that part – blend that in with the podcast and start getting fighters on. You're, you're our second – you're a second fighter that we've had on. Ooh, oh, oh, amateur with a lowercase a and a big asterisk behind it. It says just started. <laughs> we um we took a step down with you though because we had a pro fighter on last time. I heard you. Had, didn't you watch? Uh, didn't you have Josh on with him too? Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. yeah, that was cool. It was fun. Yeah. Um, you are a man whose time is extremely valuable, and you value your time a lot. So the hour and 55 minutes you gave us for the fans and the 17 minutes you gave us for the setup, um, <laughs> in all seriousness, I really, really appreciate it. Uh, good luck um, with your fight. That part wasn't true. And um, thanks. <laughs> thanks, Jacob. This was great. Yeah. yeah, anytime. You ever need anything, you know how to get a hold of me. And I don't know if we buried the hatchet, but we definitely dug the hole. We threw the hatchet mm. in there. Maybe the next time you come on, um, we can throw some dirt on it. After the fight, when we're on the same team, we can definitely, <laughs> we can definitely bury the hatchet. When I'm on the Hebner bandwagon after the fight. When, yeah, when you bandwagon behind me, then we can definitely bury the hatchet, have a drink or two, and talk about the good old times. If you come to Aromas, I will de- that's 11 miles from my house. I'll definitely come out and see you. I'll be out there this fall, I guarantee, because I'm going to come out and learn from Dave and, and just shoot the ball. It'll be fun to be hanging out with someone like that, where most of the time he was uh, in a different position. It'll be fun to hang out with him as someone that's not competing. That'll be enjoyable. Ryan, would you like to um, say anything to Jacob Hepner? No, or this is watch awesome. him into the strip club. No. Enjoy your time. They're there. opening up slow. They're opening up slowly. I think too. Time to get going. Time to wrap Mike, it up. Mike, Mike, ho- Homier, Homier. Thanks, you all rock.